I'm so excited for this one. Uh, it's gonna be fun. We're also gonna get killed for it, but it'll be fun. Welcome to our episode of Boom or Bust, the draft show. Max Chadwick alongside Nick Miriam and Donnie Clemens going over Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal, a scouting report on him after he declared for the draft. Right now, guys, third best odds to be the first overall pick at plus 275. Plus 275. Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are tied, I believe, at like plus 105, plus 110 right now. Evan Neal is like plus 900 a week ago. Jaguars get the first pick. Now he's plus 275. So this is a guy who might really have a shot at this first overall pick. We're going over his strengths, his weaknesses, player comp, ranking on our board, team fits, and so much more. Before we start the video, please like and subscribe to the channel. Of course, be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boomer Bus Draft. We're on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. Check out the merch store below and keep commenting on our videos. Please, again, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Please keep subscribing. Please keep commenting. We love interacting with you guys in the comment section. Uh, and just comment like what you think about Evan Neal, uh, what videos you want us to do next, anything like that. We love interacting with you guys in that comment section. Just go over Evan Neal. He is a junior, six foot seven, 350 pounds, former five-star recruit, number seven overall, number one offensive tackle in the class of 2019 coming out of Florida. He started at left guard as a true freshman, right tackle as a true sophomore, and left tackle this season as a junior. And he was a second team AP All-American this season. So, Donnie, what do you like, man, when you watch Evan Neal? I mean, the size and athleticism combo is off the charts with this guy. Um, I know a couple years ago we had Mekhi Becton, and this is basically – Mekhi Becton clone. I mean, he's ginormous, six foot seven, six foot eight, maybe about 360, maybe 370 pounds. We'll see what happens at the combine. This dude is massive. And when you watch him in open space, he just flies. Like for a guy this big, you should not be moving as fast as Evan Neal is moving, which is just stupid. So it's that size. And it's and also like with that size and athleticism, it's that ceiling. Like when you have that, when you're that big and you can move that quick and you're that strong, you are going to have a high ceiling. And this guy's ceiling arguably might be the highest of any player in this draft. I think as the second highest behind Kayvon Thibodeau, but he has an argument to be number one because of that size and athleticism combo. Good run blocker. I wouldn't say great run blocker, but a good run blocker at times. But it's the size and the athleticism when you're looking at this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's peak, peak, peak physical tools at the tackle position. And the difference between him and Mekhi Becton, I think, quite honestly, is that he played at Alabama and he's playing against top, you know, pass rushers in the SEC. And we saw him deal with guys in the interior on the outside. I think one, an underrated thing about him is the fact that he has played some guard. He's played right tackle and he played left tackle. It was a big thing about last offseason. He was a right tackle um, and that he was moving to the left side. And that kind of gave him that versatility and the fact that he worked there and played just as well is a big deal. Um, but this is a guy that will blow up the combine and he's going to get a lot of accolades for that. I think you're going to see people talking about him being, you know, like we talked about earlier, potentially the number one pick because Jacksonville needs offensive line help. And this is a guy that just has this ceiling that is so, 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 so high. Um, you know, and when he gets on a horse, he runs downfield in space. He's one of the best, you know, in space as a blocker that you see at the tackle position. Uh, similar thing with Mekhi Becton. Uh, 
I think he's pretty natural with his hand placement. One thing he does really well, and I talked about this in the last video, he shoots his hand so violently and quickly when he actually lines a guy up and pops him and he gets a guy. First of all, his arms are long because he's massive. So you're just not getting outside of his arm grasp. You just He's got you. And second of all, the dude's huge. So he's shoving you backwards. He knocks guys over sometimes. So it's um, as far as the size goes, combined with the technique, he is up there as, as far as tackle prospects have gone from this type of player there this like massive tackle type of prospect we've seen he's up there yeah i mean you guys mentioned he's probably the biggest freak athlete in this entire draft he was number one on bruce feldman's freaks list uh he's massive the embodiment of the first guy off the bus he's six seven 350 that's an inch taller and 35 pounds heavier than the average tackle but that size, like you guys mentioned, does not slow him down at all. So according to Bruce Feldman in that article, box jumps 48 inches. Body fat was at 22% last year, which is basically on par with most offensive linemen that are 40 pounds lighter than him. Benches 475, squats 650, and he hit 18 and a half miles an hour on the GPS when he was running. This guy is an absolute freak show. And that size explosiveness and power makes him impossible to knock backwards if he hits you, if he hits you clean it's over he won that rep and it's over he can absolutely destroy guys um nick you mentioned the length that helps him swallow up guys fantastic run blocker i think in his zone scheme that movement ability and power does damage there he's probably the second best zone blocker i think in this draft behind a at the tackle position and he played three different positions in three years. So we're going to get into the weaknesses a little bit, but I think this guy, when you talk about the weaknesses, you can make a legitimate excuse for them because he hasn't played two plus years at one position. He played left guard, then right tackle, then left tackle. So this guy has had to learn a new position every single year, which you can make an excuse for why he hasn't been as dominant as we've seen other tackle prospects in the past. But Nick, what are the weaknesses that you see with Evan Neal? Well, I talk about the vertical movement, and I, we talked about this. And last time we did the Evan Neal video back in July, which I'm going to bring up again, the last video we did and when we do comps, but he's not as good moving laterally as he is vertically. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter as much when you have a really wide base and you're 360 pounds and it's harder to get around you because you're just that big. You can kind of get away with not being as good of a lateral mover. But Makai Becton, for my money, was a better lateral mover than Evan Neal is coming out. And I, it will present some issues if you get a guy who is fast enough who can bend well enough that he can't shoot his arms and just knock guy, the guy over, he might have some problems in the next level against some of these speedier NFL edge rushers. Um, and I do think at times when he doesn't get his hands in the right spot, when he's not able to punch and get underneath guys' shoulder pads, um, he has trouble leveraging guys because he's so big. Um, he doesn't, he's not the best, especially pass blocking more with run blocking because he can just drive guys to your shoulder. If you get on his shoulder, He's not as good at blocking and staying upright and adjusting when he's not in the best position as a pass blocker. He needs to kind of win that initial contact. Um, and that's, you know, something, again, that might come from not playing in one's position more often than, than not. You know, if you're playing right tackle, there's a, there's a feel to adjusting when you've lost the initial contact. That's different to when you're playing left tackle, but it's not there yet. And it's something that will have to come when he gets to the NFL. Um, I mean, if we're just kind of echoing everything Nick said, I mean, speed rushers are going to give this guy a problem in the NFL just because they're just, 
I don't, I know I know we're talking about this guy is just super super athletic. Like NFL speedy rushers are going to get this guy because they're going to be able to get around him. Um, his footwork also to me is not particularly good. In fact, you mm-hmm. can argue and say it's pretty pathetic considering this guy is a being talked about as as what max said earlier he could be the number one pick because jacksonville just uh jacksonville just earned the number one pick and they need offensive line extremely badly so for a guy who could potentially get number one overall his footwork is pretty bad um just pass pro in general this guy isn't very great at it and yes max did make the argument he switched positions every year and i'm going to give him a small pass for that because he had to go to left guard and then he went to right tackle and then he went to left tackle once uh, alex leatherwood left so i will give him a small pass for that but it's just too concerning because it's not like he was ever relatively good he was just always fine and it's always been the physical tools that have carried this guy into the top five pick conversation and that's fine but technique still matters and it's always mattered to me that's why andrew thomas has been unbelievable so far because at first came into the league his athleticism his lack of athleticism was a problem he was able to get some of that technique down in the offseason and now he's one of the best tackles in the league so to me technique has always been more important than athleticism and if you don't have good technique, I'm going to have some serious concerns about you. Yeah, so we mentioned that ceiling, how it's sky high with that freakish athleticism. But, man, he is so raw. I think he's more raw than even Thibodeau. And we, we spent the whole weaknesses part of him being like, hey, he's got to need a lot of work the next level. Evan Neal, man, needs a lot of work at the next level. And I think a lot of people are overlooking that right now. His balance to me is a freaking mess right now. Like he plays out over his toes far too much. So often players just sidestep him and he falls flat on his face. Um, And Nick, you mentioned this, I think really well, not as quick laterally, man. I mean, he's more of a North South guy, which is an issue in pass pro. Now, when you're getting him in the run game and, and going out in zone scheme, he looks great when he's getting downhill, hitting linebackers looks great. But in pass pro, not as quick laterally, and his feet are all over the place because he's trying to recover from being late. Like, there are some reps on his tape that I've seen where he's straight up sprinting back to get to the defensive lineman. Instead of shuffling his feet to get there, he's literally running at him. And the defensive lineman has to do is sidestep him, and Evan Neal falls over because of it. Um, hands are still, I think, a mess in pass pro. Gets them swatted away far too much. Really such an aggressive player overall. Like when he gets a clean shot, like I said, it's over. He wins, and it looks incredible. But defenders can sidestep him constantly and get around him because of it. So you can't go through Evan Neal, but you can certainly right now go around him. And I think his awareness is still a work in progress. He blocks the wrong man on a number of plays. There's a number of plays I saw this year, too where he looks lost on some plays, too, doesn't know who to block, and then a tackle for loss happens. So this is the analogy that I was I was telling these guys I came up with before for Evan Neal. Evan Neal, to me, is like a bull at a rodeo with defenders being the clowns that are, like, holding the red cape. So if the bull hits that clown, that clown is dead. It is over. But so often, that bull has his head down and just running through, and when that clown lifts up the red cape, it's over for the bull, and he crashes into the wall. That's what I think Evan Neal plays a lot like, where he's going all out, and he's gonna he wants to kill you, but sometimes you know he doesn't really play under control, and that can lead to a lot of bad plays for him, and he runs through nothing. So, Donnie, overall, what do you think about Evan Neal? What's the bottom line for him? Uh, what's the ranking for you? 
player comp, team fit. What do you think about Evan Neal? Um, so currently, and I know people are going to get mad, I think Evan Neal is right now the third best offensive lineman in this draft. And I know he possibly has that the highest ceiling, but if you were to ask me right now what offensive lineman I would draft ahead of him, I'm drafting Tyler Winnebaum ahead of him, and I'm drafting Akeem Aquanu ahead of him because these guys I can trust day one. If I'm drafting you first overall, unless even, even if you're an edge rusher, like I'm expecting you to be at least very good day one. And I don't think Evan Neal is very good day one. I think at his best, he might be average day one because you're really, when you're looking at this kind of player, I've said it before, you're looking at those tools. You're looking at those athletic traits. You're not looking at the technique. Like, his technique is pretty whack. His hand placement is bad. He'll get burnt by speed rushers, which, guess what? They're more common in the NFL than power rushers. So that's another issue. Um, overall, I think he's the third off, third best offensive lineman in this draft. My number um, my number eight overall player, my OT2 behind Akeem Aquino. But if I'm looking all the offensive linemen, I think he's the third best offensive lineman in this draft. And the production speaks that way. And I love production, especially in the SEC. Um, so I think team fits any team that needs an offensive lineman besides Jacksonville, because I don't think he is worth the first overall pick. Like if I'm taking an offensive lineman first overall, I mean, I think Akima Kawanda would be a better pick. I'm not saying it would be the the right pick because I don't think any offensive lineman in this draft is worth the first overall pick. But if you draft Evan Neal first overall, you're making a mistake because, yes, it could work out and he could be the best player in this draft. But I'm not willing to take that risk, especially when you're on a team that's pretty pathetically bad. Like you managed to you managed to make Trevor Lawrence look like a bust. Like that's pretty hard to do. So that's why I wouldn't take him number one overall. And I don't even know if I would take him in the top five because it's so concerning with his technique. And I know technique can be developed. But he has a long, long, long way to go until it can get fixed. Uh, like I said, my number eight overall player, my number two offensive tackle, my comp. I'm going to go with Makai Becton. I know that's just kind of, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if any of these guys have it. But he's he's the S, he's SEC Makai Becton, man. Uh, he's Makai Becton, but just playing in the SEC, freak athlete, gigantic needs some development in his pass protection. And Mekhi Becton so far has improved it, and he's looked, when healthy, very, very good for the Jets. Mm-hmm. So that's what Evan Neal could be, and Mekhi Becton has hit his ceiling. And obviously Evan Neal, just like Becton, has a long, long way to go until he's even a good tackle in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I think it's really they're pretty similar prospects. I mean, Becton probably, if he was in this draft, would be in similar discussions. I think people would, this is a weaker draft class. Again, I've brought this up a million times. I think people would be looking at a guy like Makai Becton and be like, that's a freaky tackle, and there would be discussions for him to go number one just the way Evan Neal is right now. Um, For me right now, I have him, man, he's like, so the four offensive linemen for me, like Iquanu, him, Cross and Linderbaum. As far as I'm concerned, like if you need an O-line guy, it is going to be a case-by-case thing. Like interchangeable, those four I think are all good. And there's arguments for all of them. Um, just because it's the way I have my board for now, I've had him as tackle one as my number seven overall all of player. You could make the argument to me, and I think it's fair to put him as number 10, 11 overall in my tackle three. Um, I think Iquanu as a run blocker is better. Um, he's you know, probably more likely to play at guard at the next level as well. If you need that versatility, Charles Cross, I think, is the higher floor at left tackle or tackle in general at the next level and has a much better pass protector in a Mississippi State system that basically they only pass the ball. Um, that being said, the ceiling is intriguing. And if he does hit, he's going to have that, you know, peak like Orlando pace type ability. But that's again, like we've had guys that we've said that about in the past and it hasn't worked out. 
Um, so my comp for him is going to be Jordan Mailata, which is what I did during the summer. Uh, similar size, guys. I talked about how in rugby, rugby is very much unlike in football, a game that not only north-south mobility is important, but north-south coordination and posi- positioning is very important. And that's what Evan Neal is good at, not as much as the lateral movement aspects of the game. And because of that, I feel like Jordan Mailata, a guy who played rugby coming in similar. Mailata, of course, I predicted this summer would become the Eagles' long-term tackle on the left side. He, of course, did. Good for me. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah, Nick. Great call right there. That was one of my best <laughs> picks this summer. Um, but, you know, that is the type of tackle that you're looking for in Evan Neal. If he becomes a Jordan Mailata type, you not only have a massive tackle, but he's an elite athlete, and you can ask him to do basically anything in your offensive system. All right, Evan Neal, number nine overall for me. OT1, number two O-lineman behind Tyler Linderbaum, who I think is probably the biggest slam dunk prospect in this draft. Like, I, if there's any prospect who busts, who would surprise me the most, and that would be Tyler Linderbaum. Um, so that's why I, I have him slightly above. Even though offensive tackle obviously is a more valuable position than center, I just think it's it's such a big and I hate to say it, boom. He's the biggest boomer bust prospect roll credits, everybody. in roll this class. Credits. Literally roll credits. That's it. Uh, size and athleticism make his ceiling ridiculously high. Like I wouldn't be surprised. We've had some videos last year where we kind of missed a little bit on a player, and fans of the team that that player is on. Come back to that video, the comment on our video, and they say, you guys are freaking idiots. I would not be surprised if this Welcome video comes back and bites us in the ass because we are – it sounds like we are way lower on Evan Neal right now. But I'm just saying if this guy hits, he's going to freaking hit. He's going to be awesome. But there is a low floor there because he needs so much work, so much work. And I feel like a lot of people – are putting him in that Panay Sewell tier, and he's not close, man. He's not close. Well, and it could be just because, again, of this draft, you know? Yeah, and I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. where I think, look, they're, they're saying, oh, look, he's a, he's guaranteed to be a top-five pick. Like, I'd be, I personally would be shocked if he falls out of the top-five at this point. Uh, I just really think that, look, his size and athleticism make his ceiling ridiculous high. He still could be one of the best tackles in the league for that but he's still so far from reaching that level. I think his floor is still low because he really hasn't shown consistent dominant play yet. If you're expecting him to come in and dominate right away, that won't happen. He needs a couple years. And probably, I wouldn't hate starting him off at right tackle. I think his right tackle tape was better than what we saw this year at left tackle. Wouldn't hate starting him there. Like I think if you're plugging and playing him at left tackle immediately, there could be a lot of warts, and that rookie year won't look great. And by the way, there was nothing wrong with drafting for a right tackle. I mean, look at oh. Tampa. They drew the be- arguably the best offensive lineman from that draft, Tristan Wirfs, is their right yep. tackle. And look at him now in his second year. He's a freaking all-pro. Yeah, so yeah. He, look, he's probably the best right tackle in football right now. And I, I don't think there's a problem with that at all. Um, I do think you're expecting you know, him to be as good as Tristan Wirfs or Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater as rookie. I don't think it'll be that. I think this could be a rough rookie year for Evan Neal. And then we'll see what he does afterwards. You need to get a good old line coach with them. Again, though, there's a legit excuse for why he was so inconsistent because he played three positions in, in as many years. Uh, the, the tape still is worrisome. I think he's being valued way too highly. Um, like I said, number nine overall for me, OT1. I'd put him in that 2020 tier where we had that jumbled up class with Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, Mekhi Becton. Those were like the four, and everyone's like, oh, those four in any order. I think this class is a lot similar to that, where it's kind of like 
uh, Charles Cross, Ikemaquanu, and Evan Neal, except nobody's admitting that. I feel like, Nick, you, you kind of are too with me, where I'm kind of like, eh, I, you could order him however, man, and I get it. Uh, player comp, Donnie, uh, I'm not going to get as mad for doing the same comp because I feel like this no, is the comp it, that... It, it's 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 just the comp. Like, it's the, it's yeah, it's the comp. Yeah, I, I love my lot of pick one, too. Though. That's great. Makai Becton, man. I'm the only one who's come up with that one. No one's come up with that one. Yeah, nobody knows. I did Outside the box season. thinker. I did by the way, real quick, every, by the way, we have done, I have done now, this is the sixth guy to report that we have recorded. Four of those six, we have had a similar comp, and you guys told me last year alone you had two. Yeah, uh, we got to yeah, figure it out. Yeah, what? And listen, we don't tell anyone like our notes beforehand. Like we're, we come in no. here, we record, and we get surprised. We, we have like, like a pre, like, video thing where we kind of have a standoff where we're like what's your comp and we're like oh he's you know blah 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 we say something like really vague and like well then i guy's this and then we're like oh well we probably don't have the same comp but we don't <laughs> ever tell each other and then we just like see in the video if we the same comp which is why you see live reactions when it happens but, yeah you know yeah. it just happens to be that like last year we happens. avoided it and this year it's happening yeah. it just happens i will say uh look makai beckton we mentioned six seven three sixty five a lot like evan neal absolute freak athlete I will say I was wrong about Makai Becton. Like I really had some serious concerns about Makai Becton, even when the Jets. I thought this guy might have been like a, a early second, late first round pick because of those pass protection concerns that I saw at Louisville, and he looked amazing as a rookie. So, like I said, this video could blow up in our faces, and Evan Neal could just light it up as a rookie because Makai Becton did the same thing. Uh, but listen, I, I'm just not ready to spend a top five pick on Evan Neal, banking on him being as good as Makai Becton. And hopefully Makai Becton recovers because he lo- he has looked amazing for the Jets so far. Team fit, this would be freaking amazing if the Jets could get him with one of their two picks. I wouldn't t- spend the fourth overall pick, which is probably the only pick they can actually get him at. But uh, imagining him with Makai Becton on one the other side, like that is a terrifying tackle duo that you're seeing. I saw like, what, 15 feet and like... 750 pounds of, of offensive tackle that you're dealing with both who can run too. uh giants i think really should be looking at him with the seventh overall pick i would love that pick but he won't be there falcons broncos panthers like that's what i would do this guy's probably gonna go first second or third right now i'd be surprised if he falls out of the top three of the texans uh getting him with larry tunsil i think they really like uh evan neal right now so that's what we got in evan neal listen this is a this is a video that we're probably against the grain way more than the consensus is because right now he is the consensus number three overall prospect. Like I said, he's got the third best odds to be the first pick. So obviously a lot of people love this guy and I'm sure a lot of you watching right now do too. So let us know in the comments what you think about Evan Neal. How good is this guy? Where would you place him in that tackle tier? Are we wrong? Are we stupid? Are we idiots? We've been called that before. Don't be afraid Probably. to call <laughs> us. Uh, but let us know what you think about Evan Neal. Or do you Some agree with us? Do you think Evan Neal is being a little bit overrated? Look, we all still like him enough to have him as a top 10 prospect. But do you think he's a little bit overrated in this class? Be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boomer Bus Draft, or on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. Please, again, comment below, like and subscribe to the channel, rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. And uh, keep interacting with us in the comment section because we love doing that with you guys. So for Nick Miriam and Donnie Clements, I'm Max Chadwick. Have a great night.